Welcome back to season two of I Could Never Be Here on the Popcorn Talk Network. Hope you guys are having a fantastic week. Our goal here is simply to motivate and to inspire. For those who tuned into season one, welcome back. For those who are brand new listeners and watchers here in season two, simply welcome. This show, as I said, is all about helping you be your best self. We want to be able to introduce you to actors, athletes, musicians, people in business across realms, and be able to share their stories in hopes of having you grow in yours. It started as the thought that we all have. You're watching someone on TV, you're trying to succeed in an industry, and you put that person on a pedestal and say, man, I'd love to be this person, but I could never be this person because they had something I didn't. They knew someone, they had money, they had a career path. Times were easier when they were trying to succeed. All the little things that we tell ourselves And the more I read about it, the more I talk with people, I realize that those were just excuses that we all told ourselves. And everyone, no matter how successful you are, has faced that struggle, has been hitting their head against the wall, and man, thought to themselves, is this worth it? Is the blood, sweat, and tears that I'm putting in worth it to get to this end goal? And you know what all those successful people have in common? They didn't give up. And you're not going to give up either, and we're going to help you to not give up. And this season, we have more inspiring stories from those people. One of those is our guest today. I'm so excited for you guys to hear from her. She's an actress who has co-starred with Harrison Ford, Tony Collette, and Aaron Eckhart. Variety named her as one of the top ten actors to watch when she was a teenager, and boy, has she lived up to that. You can catch her now on... The Magicians, which just started season three on the Sci-Fi Channel. Please welcome Summer <laughs> Thank you. How you doing today, Summer? You having a good week? New year? Yes, I'm great. You I love any... that introduction. <laughs> <laughs> what, you, New Year's resolutions? I mean, we're a couple weeks into the new year. Do you, uh-huh. do you set those? How are you doing? You know, I do. For me, this year, it was all about staying as present as I possibly could. That's okay. the one thing that I've struggled with pretty consistently, just staying mindful and present because, like you said, you Mm -hmm. can start making excuses and sort of drift off from your goals. And so for me, my main goal this year is to um, stay mindful and and present. That's on a a day-to-day basis? Uh, For me, it could mean checking in hourly, you know, for sure, for sure. It's definitely easy to sort of let yourself drift away into negative thinking Mm -hmm. or just... You know, not being fully in your body. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that you're most productive and, and happiest when, when you're completely in your body. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, for people who want to be able to follow you mm-hmm. on your journey, certainly want to be able to plug your social handles, which is mm-hmm. Instagram at Summary Bishel and Twitter at Summer Bishel. Couldn't get him to get, was one taken? Yeah. That's usually the way it works. Yeah, yeah. A couple were taken, and, and honestly, you know, I think their lives were more interesting than mine. <laughs> Some of the things they were pretending to be doing as me seemed more interesting. Oh, it was people I, who were yeah, you. Yeah, it was people pretending to be me. Do you follow those accounts, and you're like, I oh, don't, look, but I should. I, one girl, I remember my friend called me, and she's like, I like this girl. She's got a <laughs> mouth on her. She's interesting. She does stuff. Hey, as long as they're promoting you, technically exactly. you can't complain that much. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, it's oh, promotion. Man. Well, season three of The Magicians just started. We yes. only had one episode in. I know it's Wednesdays yeah. at 9 o'clock on Sci-Fi. Yeah, yeah. So this Wednesday we'll, we'll have our third episode. It's a really great episode. Yeah. Um, specifically for Margot, my character. It's a great Margot episode. 
Um, and yeah, I mean, everybody's been saying that that season three is really where we found ourselves and, mm-hmm. and the show gets better, which is great because a lot of times that's not the case mm-hmm. in episodic television. You can sort of get lost in, in trying to compete with ratings, but I think we've really become a better show as we've, we've gone on. When you started it, you know, obviously two seasons ago, was this, you know, it's always the goal, right? but getting there, it's hard it's sometimes hard. getting yeah. a show to succeed past one season right. or two seasons. Yeah. Or even a pilot. Yeah. Um, the show I was talking about you about before mm-hmm. was a show on ABC, and it was a great show, mm-hmm. great cast, um, but it didn't go. We we shot about eight episodes. I think two aired, and and we were canceled. And that's that's mm-hmm. how it is in television. Yeah. You, you know, you relocate oftentimes to another country. Um, most often, it's Canada, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're just hoping that it goes. And you've you've you know. Re, you know, you've uprooted your entire life. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's been really it's a luxury to to be going this long. And do you look forward to future seasons? I mean, is that the talk for from cast members of? Man, okay, right. we want to go four, five, six, or what is the plan? Do you know? I think we want to keep going. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, who doesn't want to keep working? And and, yeah. and we all get along, and it, it's a great show, and it's a collaborative experience. Mm-hmm. There's not this separation between us and the showrunners. There's actually dialogue about our characters. Awesome. We can, you know, we really have, uh, you know, permission to ask questions and to be a part of, you know, the process, which which awesome. is really great. Yeah. yeah. So are you able to contribute and say, oh, maybe I think it would go this way? And is that episodes down the line? You know, there's definitely room to have that kind of dialogue. Mm-hmm. There is. It feels like that kind of show. It feels like we can just call up our showrunners and be like, hey, what do you think about this? Or, you know, I don't know about this. I haven't done that because yeah. I've specifically, for me and my character Margot, I love everything they think of mm-hmm. for her and where they take her character um, and I almost discover things, you know, nuances about the writing as I reflect on it. When I talk about it mm-hmm. in press and stuff, it sort of, it, you know, it forces me to think about it in an analytical way. And, and I'm always discovering little nuances or beats that, you know, I didn't necessarily pick up on when I was immersed in it and, mm-hmm. you know, performing um, <clears throat> all season long. So, yeah, for me, I, I, I haven't had much to say because yeah. I love everything that they've given me. If, the gla- if, it, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right, yeah. But as far as, like, costumes and wardrobes, um, we're definitely a part of the conversation. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, it's like, well, you know, one of my character wore this, and what do you think about that? And so if it feels like, you know, it feels like you're an artist and, mm-hmm. and you have say in the product. Yeah, and I, your character has a, a, a number of nicknames, you know, Bambi, Queen, Margot, the Destroyer, and the one-art conquer, which right. is your favorite, or is there another one that you would like to throw into the mix? I mean, one-eyed conquer has has some gravitas to it. It I'm, rolls I'm off not the tongue. Lie. It just... Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, um, but Bambi is probably the most personal, and it's actually it's a funny story how that came to be. We were all at a dinner in in New Orleans, and we had just finished the pilot, and it was our like goodbye celebration dinner. And I, we were all talking about what our spirit animals would be, and and you know I think they were assigning me the owl. That's 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 yeah. what they all think I am. And I was like, no, I'm Bambi. <laughs> and I just like went on this tirade about how I was Bambi. And they're like, well, you're not really a Bambi. And I'm like, yes, I am a Bambi. <laughs> and it just like became this thing. 
Um, but it worked. It, it worked, yeah, for some <laughs> reason. I don't know. So so now I'm Bambi. So. Yeah. so this season, season three, <clears throat> the magic, at least at the start of the season, the magic is gone. The magic is gone. Wait, yeah. Is that a yeah. weird thing to think about? Obviously, the, the show yeah. is The Magicians. It's We've the magicians. known that for two seasons. It's been kind <laughs> yeah. of discovering this, and then it gets taken away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it was the best thing that could have happened to the show. I mean, I think it, it, it really informed a lot of interesting storylines, a lot of interesting character conflicts. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it was a really great idea, in my opinion. Um, and, you know, it, I mean, if you think about magic in terms of it being currency, you know, how are you going to get that back? How are mm-hmm. you going to how are you going to attain that value again? And and what are you going to do with it? And why do you want it? Mm-hmm. And everybody's reason for wanting or needing magic is different than the other. Yep. Um, but no no one reason is more compelling than the other. And so I think that's what makes this season work so well. Mm-hmm. We all want it back, but for very different reasons. And we're all mm-hmm. willing to work with each other, however different we may be from each other. Talk about your character development, because I know in mm-hmm. season one, you kind of had made a little more minor role. You became yeah. the MVP of season two, and now you certainly have a, a major role in season three as well. What has that yeah. been like for you to be able to grow with this character yeah. and her presentation in the show? Right. I mean, you know, and like you said, I mean, you know, I did start off um, with a little less to do, mm-hmm. and it was definitely a, a patience game. I mean, I was happy to be there. I loved the material I was getting. It was fun. It was different than anything I had ever played. I'd always wanted to play a character like Margot. She's charismatic. She's emancipated of certain, you know, ethnic stereotypes that I had been mm-hmm. um, sort of typecast as. And and so I, I was just very happy to be there. And to be having fun and to be doing comedy for once was was really great. Um, So season two was like this gift that I didn't really see coming. I mean, all the Mm -hmm. material I got and how how dense and great it was, um, was was like this, you know, surprise gift that I didn't see coming. So I I just had fun with it. And then season three, I was like, oh, wow, I I still have great stuff to do. This is awesome because it's a big cast and it's it's going to fluctuate. And and I think that's what makes the show work that. You know, no one person is carrying everything. It's mm-hmm. it's sort of it works because many many people help help make it work. That was my mm-hmm. thought. How is the cast dynamic? Because you said mm-hmm. there's a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of moving parts, and you know, truly, truly is an ensemble. But it, it's great. I mean, whenever you have that many people together, it's going to be more interesting work because mm-hmm. everybody's so different, and everybody has that thing that makes them tick or that makes them special on screen. And when you put that many people who are that unique and different from each other on camera, it's just, it's interesting to watch. Yeah. And it's fun and it keeps things light because, you know, it's easy to sort of get into your own world, you know, if you're on your own all the time. Mm-hmm. And when you have that many people around, the vibe is a little more healthy. Yeah. And I think for, for viewers, too, to be able to follow along and try to right. try to keep up in a good way. Yeah. Of you're like, oh, I need to know this. Oh, I need to know this. And it's, it exactly. keeps it entertaining for them as well. Yeah. And then, you know, if, if you know, one person has a favorite, it, it's like what I love about the show is that the, there's an episode where it's very, it's, it's, it's all about Josh Hoberman. So for mm-hmm. the people who, like, love Josh, they get that episode where it's all about him. And then the next episode can, can, can be all about Fenn, played by Brittany Curran, and then it can go back to, like, Jason Ralph. And yeah. So, you know, it's sort of like passing a tennis ball. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Excellent, excellent. What have you, is there something you've learned from your character? I mean, from the, from the mm-hmm. one-eyed conquer, I feel like. Yeah. Have you, have you become 
you know? Yeah, I mean, she's she's without a doubt courageous. Yeah. And um, she speaks her mind, sometimes mm-hmm. to her own detriment. Yep. But, yes, I have learned to be much more outspoken and to ask for what I want. That was something that was was challenging for me for most of my life to, mm-hmm. to sort of, like, assert myself. Um, and, you know, there's no way to sort of fake that kind of gravitas. You, you sort of have to adopt it and mm-hmm. internalize it. Um, so playing somebody like her for so long has, has forced me to adopt some of those traits. Any of the people around you who are your friends be like, who is... Who is, is this? this? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny. It's my brother said he's like it's like these writers. Like it's like you finally found a character that was like as weird and idiosyncratic <laughs> as you, and like it's like they get your humor or something. <laughs> so it's like your base. It's sometimes I feel like I'm just playing myself, but mm-hmm. then sometimes I feel like I'm playing this like you know larger than life character. It's it's. Well, that's it's good that you're, I mean, when you're immersed in a character that much, yeah, people can tell who are watching. They know that you're not just phoning it in, that yeah. you are literally invested down to the T yeah. in yeah. that character. Mm-hmm. And that's something that we've seen. It's interesting, you're talking yes. about, you know, you, the roles that you get cast in sometimes. I want to kind of go back, mm-hmm. you know, for people unaware kind of the other roles you've done and your history and acting of yeah. starting acting. When was it for you that you yeah. were like, this is what I want to do? For me, it was pretty. I mean, I knew when I when I got to the United States, I was around I was around fifteen, and mm-hmm. I knew I wanted to act, and that Los Angeles was sort of the mecca of um, of of the industry, mm-hmm. and I wanted to give it a go, and I had that sort of like false confidence that you mm-hmm. have when you're like a teenager, yeah. where I was like, yeah, this is totally possible and <laughs> realistic. I've never taken an acting <laughs> class or been in a school play, but I could totally do this. <laughs> And I, I quickly found out it, it wasn't going to be as easy as I thought it was. <laughs> but I studied for years, and I, I yeah. found really great acting teachers, and I auditioned for years before I got my first role. A lot of people thought when I got mm-hmm. my first role, because I was so young, that it was it just kind of happened. But I had been auditioning for, for three years at that point. Wow. And if yeah. I mean, when you moved back to the, you said you moved back to the U.S. at 15, you had mm-hmm. been gone in, in the Middle East. Right. In, yeah. in Saudi Arabia and yeah. Bahrain. Yeah. And yeah. that, what was that culture shock like coming back? Right. Um, it definitely was culture shock. That's mm-hmm. what it was. And, and I don't think I was aware of it because, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I'd like to think that, that I was pretty self-aware, but there's a limitation to that mm-hmm. when you're 15. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, there was, there was a lot of, uh, you know, unidentified anxiety and, and displacement. I mean... And I, I think that's why I, I sort of latched on to acting so much. It, mm-hmm. was, it was a way to, to feel good, and I felt good in acting classes, and I felt connected to something, and I think I just wanted to feel connected to something. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was definitely, like you said, a culture shock. Was there, cha- I mean, we were talking a little bit before this, of the challenges maybe of when you're going in for initial roles. Right, And yeah. it was like, oh, we're going to have you play this, and we're going to have you play, and it was like, yeah. All in the same vein. Right. It, it was definitely not the market that we're in now. Because mm-hmm. um, it, it was right after 9-11. It was. Yeah. yeah. And, when you move back. Uh-huh. It was a different market. I mean, now we're talking about diversity and um, it's, it, it's an asset to be diverse mm-hmm. now. And, and the market it has sort of caught up to, to the, the data. 
yeah. of, of the country yeah. that we're living in. It's, it's sort of caught up. So it's a great place. And, you know, I don't want to say it was like Hollywood or, or, or some stereotype or people are against you or whatever, mm-hmm. but there was certainly a limit to the roles that were available to me. And I, I quickly realized that my ethnicity was like a determining factor in, in what roles I, I booked and auditioned for. Is that a pro or a con? <laughs> Is it maybe a little bit of both that you feel overwhelmed sometimes or like get down, be like, I want to play this other role, but I, but I can't. It, well, it was hard to understand as a child why, why the reason I wasn't able to audition for certain roles that mm-hmm. I felt like I could totally be that girl who that guy falls in love with, or I could totally be that girl who like works yeah. at the deli. And it was, it was, it was hard to understand why there was this perception that I could not be what I knew I was, which mm-hmm. was just an American girl. And, um, you know, without these sort of, uh, you know, burdening stereotypes and mm-hmm. stuff. But, yeah, I mean, it made me aware of something, though, as well. And and I think that, that proved in, in the long term to be a gift. It made me a little more insightful of, of the culture and it, it it forced me to probe a little deeper into mm-hmm. into some of the cultural beliefs and and the inherent um, problems yeah. <laughs> in yeah. in our culture as far as how we see diversity. Mm-hmm. But it's changing so much. I mean, I couldn't be more excited now. Yeah, about and with it. without that, now it's again you look yeah. back at you like any hard time. It sucks yeah. when you're in it. Yeah, it sucks. But you look back and you're like, yeah. oh, I'm glad. Right. I did this because the knowledge yeah. that you gained. Exactly. I gained a lot of knowledge. I learned patience, um, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, it, and I found my way, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, I found the roles and it, 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 if anything, it made me more determined. But this was 15 years ago. And yeah. It's, 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 it's insane to see how much the market has changed. Was, was the, the producers and directors and the movie people, uh-huh. Worse, or was it? I mean, the kids in your class. Because I mean, I've read about how when you went back to school, it was right. rough. Was it yeah. both ends? Was which was was there well, one I that you? I don't want to paint this picture of there was like a group of people against. No, me. no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was more just and and like it wasn't like a producer or a director being like, no, you can't play this role because you're this. Yeah, it was just literally it, there. They those roles weren't being written. You know, mm. roles for women like me or girls at the time were not being written. And um, there there just wasn't access to the type of material that there's access to now. Um, as far as my experiences at school yeah. when I got back, I, I for sure went through um, a little bullying. Def- yeah. Definitely. Because of where I had yeah. come from at the time. and. You know, that's just kids being... <laughs> was acting an outlet? Because I know for a lot of people, sometimes acting is an outlet because you get to yeah. play someone else or you mm-hmm. get to do something else. Was that yeah. similar for you? Or Oh, definitely. It was okay. like, it was a place... It, I was surrounded by artists and, and people who were not, you know, who were interested in looking deeper and, mm-hmm. and analyzing story and characters and psychology. And, 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 yeah, it was like, it was an environment in which I could explore themes that helped me make sense of certain things in my life mm-hmm. for sure 
And, it, you know, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You're talking about the three years was the time before you, when you were starting. And yeah. What was that like on a day-to-day basis? We, you said you're training, you're taking classes, you're going through things. Yeah. Take me through that. Well, I mean, you know, I sort of, I stopped, I stopped going to school. I did homeschool. My mom was mm-hmm. a teacher, yeah. and I quickly realized, I was like, ugh, I can't deal with all of this. You know, like <laughs> I said, there was, like, bullying, and, like, I, I just didn't really fit in. And, and my mom was a teacher, and I was already acting, and she would drive me to auditions and, and mm-hmm. acting classes, and she was, like, incredibly supportive of it. My dad wasn't as excited about <laughs> it, but... <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I was I was super motivated. I, I was always like this overachiever. So for me, I was like, well, if I work hard enough and I study <laughs> hard enough, that it that it has to add up to success. Mm-hmm. And it it didn't necessarily. I mean, in the long run, yeah, it did. the short term is yeah, the, the benefits aren't immediate. No, no, I'm really just seeing the benefits of being a consistently working actor. Fifteen years and after it's starting, fifteen years, yeah, yeah, and I still haven't accomplished all that I want to yeah. accomplish, and. It, you know, you just have to be patient and sort of adjust your your expectations, sort of, mm-hmm. um, and and really get clear on on what you want and why. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was one of my <laughs> questions. Is for people who don't know, you know, like an actor's world, they literally see actors on movie posters and like, right. oh, this is this, and then they get handed their next role, and then yeah. they get handed that. What don't people know? What do you think is the biggest thing people don't know yeah. about actors and the work that they go to to be able to get the role? Well, I, I think what people don't know is what you just illustrated, that, that there's work that you have to put in mm-hmm. to get a role. And it's not always the case. I'm, there's that 1% who, yeah. you know, becomes a mega star, but eventually they'll have to contend with mm-hmm. some sort of work, some mm-hmm. sort of struggle to sustain a career. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, it's just, it's really the one, the North Star when you're an actor should be your craft. That should be the most important Mm -hmm. thing to you because, you know, you're not always going to work. And even when you are working, there's no guarantee that people are going to see the movie or the show like we talked about. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, but the one thing that you can't control is your craft. And and you can always be working on that. And I think that if you approach it authentically enough and work hard enough at at the things that matter as far as being an actor – you'll find success and 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 you know i think that valuing the right things will make you feel more successful i mean if 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 your goal is to have a million followers on instagram you might you might never be happy or content mm. um but you know for me if i if I achieve something in an audition that I've never been able to achieve and I don't get the role, I've still succeeded. I've still learned something. I've still grown. Um, so it's just value system, really. It's, mm-hmm. it's how you see success. And Yeah, and I think it, I think a lot of people, like you said, they, they maybe shoot too far in advance. And for actors, it's amazing how many actors when they succeed it's like people point yeah. back to a specific role and it's because yeah. they they give a hundred percent right in that little role yeah. and in the little things yeah and then someone takes notice and right gives them a bigger opportunity mm-hmm. and then a bigger opportunity right yeah and 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 yeah it's exactly like you said and, and i think people are more likely to reward to to reward talent when it's not mm-hmm. entitled to mm-hmm. i think 
for me, what's been huge is because, you know, when you're 20 and you're, you think that the world revolves around you, I don't care how humble or mindful of a 20-year-old you are, there there's an element of entitlement to you that, that youth sort of like, you know, um, that it, it comes with youth. Yeah. And, and I think that that's like the death to success. Like anytime you, you expect, you know, something because you just innately deserve it. I mean, odds are the universe is going to teach you a lesson. So it's going to be a hard lesson too. Yeah. If you approach it like that, especially. Yeah. How do you approach each acting role? Is there a, th- a thing that you do mm-hmm. every time or you like, all right, go on, I know I'm going to have this audition. I know I'm going to have this role. Here's right. my ABC. There is, yeah, really? for sure. There, there's definitely like an internal um, process that mm-hmm. I have, um, and I'm starting to to think about how how I articulate what that process mm-hmm. is now that I'm talking about the magicians and you know talking about my character. Um, for me, it was always very instinctual. It was sort of just like you know, I mean, it's like something you do. You've done so so much. I, I guess like brushing your teeth every day. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't tell me exactly how you do it, but there probably is yeah. a way that is just like innate to you mm-hmm. at this point. Um, so I do, I do have, you know, when I I don't say the words aloud at first. I sort of like envision the scene instinctually. And then I sort of like, you know, attach and invest in those ideas. And then I sort of like think about it for a while. And, you know, for me, a lot of it is is, is instinctual. Mm-hmm. I don't have like a like a studious approach to material. Mm-hmm. No, and I, I, I find that interesting <laughs> with everyone I talk to. I mean, maybe each yeah. person has that of like their training or what they, mm-hmm. all right, I know I'm going to go into this. Here's what I'm going to do. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For Marco, it was more, I had to be a little more studious and think about it a little more mm-hmm. at times because it was so far removed from anything I had played. Yeah. That I, I definitely had, and especially like this year with an eye patch, I had to start thinking about how <laughs> I use my body, how my voice is carrying, because there were scenes in which all you saw was eye patch. Yeah. But you still want to communicate something. How is that? What is that like on set with with an iPad and being able to right literally have this? I mean, if I mean, I think it was more challenging to the people around me, to the makeup department, mm. to the hair department, to you know the people behind the scenes who want to make you look your best and and want you to be seen in your best light. So a lot of the work, sort of, I mean, thank God for them. Um, was done behind the scenes as far as okay so we're we're going to angle her here and this mm-hmm. is where we're going to light her eye here mm-hmm. there's a lot of te- technical aspects to it so a lot of that work was done around me and for me so that I was able to concentrate on my performance and mm-hmm. and think about communication did you train with an eye patch on i mean like yeah go about your day just to be able to have the feeling i did i mean because you know (laughs) for like 12 hours a day on set you wouldn't have sight in one eye and i mean it was a huge it was a joke on set for sure all the ad's call me blinky Uh, um but you know yeah from from bambi to blinky from bambi to blinky (laughs) um but yeah i did i would block out one of my eyes at home and then I would perform the scene and, and figure out, you know, where I wanted to be in the world and, and how I was going to use my body. And, and mm-hmm. for sure, if I practiced with two eyes and, and then I went to set and I had to have the eye patch on, it would throw me off. Yeah. So. Just the whole movement of being, you know, like they say, when you take away one sense, kind of the others get stronger and mm-hmm. you're. 
taken away half a cent, so that still gets dispersed. Yeah, 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 for sure. What? It was a challenge. <laughs> what would you consider to be your definition of success? It's a question that I love asking because each person has it different. Well, it's something I've been thinking about a lot lately because, you know, I have goals that mm-hmm. I haven't achieved yet. And I'm I'm sort of like, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about it too. And I'm up at night mm-hmm. like, what am I going to do that? I wanted to do this. And for me, I think it's constantly redefining it. And, you know, lately what is helping me feel successful and feel connected to the work I'm doing is... Am I growing Mm -hmm. at the end of every scene that I'm doing on set? Did I learn something or, you know, was I completely present? And if I can walk away from a season and think, okay, I was a lot more present this year than I was last year. And I learned this much more. And, you know, I explored these themes and I had never explored those before. Then I've succeeded and I felt like I really did this year. I felt like I did everything I could, um, to make Margot come to life, and and I so I feel good. I feel mm-hmm. like I've succeeded. I mean, obviously I have goals, and you know I'm auditioning, and doing yeah. the grind. But <laughs> what what are your goals? I mean, for someone obviously a lot of people look at you and be like, man, mm-hmm. you were in this movie, in this movie, you are the right. star of a TV series. Like, yeah, like uh, how could you? What, what yeah. could you want more? Like a natural progression. Yeah. What are what are goals that you have? I mean, both I, in <clears throat> the acting realm as well as maybe outside of that. I mean. Well, for instance, I, I'd like to make a documentary, and I'm starting mm. to think about that and 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 sort of get motivated, you know, to accomplish things outside of acting. Mm-hmm. Um, What's you know, that documentary about? Um, if I, you don't mind me asking. Yeah. No, I researched an early case of uh, HIV AIDS in the United mm. States of a, of a young boy named Robert Rayford, mm. who a lot of people don't know about. That I found very interesting, and and I also wanted to know more about him than than what was available. Mm. And you know, he was from a lower income neighborhood, and you know, died without much of a voice. And I want to know why. Mm-hmm. I, I want to know why nobody listened to this boy, and why more people don't know about his story, mm-hmm. and um, why it's not a part of a of you know, common knowledge in our yeah. culture. So I, you know, I definitely want to explore that. Yeah. People love, there. people love to be able to, you know, hear those stories. Yeah. Like you said, you're I guarantee you're not the only one yeah. who has, you know, thought of something like that and be like, man, I really want to bring that to light. I yeah. really want to learn more. And yeah. then the rest of us are the beneficiaries because we get to see the final product. Exactly. Yeah. And being on a show affords me the luxury of being able to say, okay, I'm going to go to St. Louis and like <laughs> interview some people about this. <laughs> you know, I can do that. So yeah. that's great. Excellent. Excellent. What advice do you have for other people to be able to achieve that success, to be able to achieve the success of mm-hmm. being on TV as an actor, no matter what the level is. Right, yeah. What do you, what do you say to someone who is maybe the 15-year-old you or the 18-year-old you who has just gotten their first role? Yeah. What advice do you have? I would say, honestly, the most important thing is to not look to another person to assign value to you. Hmm. Don't look to an agent to say that you could have a career. Tell them that you could have a career. Don't look to a casting director to affirm your talent. You know, 
work on believing it yourself and others will believe you. I think that was the biggest mistake I made as a young person. I was constantly looking outside of myself for validation mm -hmm. and like, you know, nobody's going to give you a life. You, you, you have to sort of tell the world the kind of life you want. And, and I think, yeah, I think internal validation is, is really important. And that's what, what can really sustain you in the hard times because when you're not working, you know, it, it's easy to not believe in you. Yeah. You have to believe in you. So yeah, no, I love that. I love that. That is great advice, uh, and especially for for the I mean, younger viewers, for people who are on that path of success and right. are, don't have the don't have like you're saying when you early on if you look back now and you're now starting to get yeah. the benefits of the work you've been putting in for 15 years. Yeah. So the people who are two, three, four, eight, nine years on that process and being yeah. like. Well, man, why mm -hmm. is nobody, why is this not, yeah. you know, that's, yeah. that's the important thing. And mm -hmm. looking to the future. And before, before we get, I always do a fun game with people oh, nice. at the end of, you know, for you, it's going to be a fun game about being queen. But I want to ask you real quick, because I know one of your future projects uh, is Under the Silver Lake. Yes, yes. How excited cool. are you about that project? Can you give yeah. any, there's not a lot out right now about no, that project. Yeah, yeah. What information can you tell us? How excited are you? I was super excited when I booked it. It's, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of mm -hmm. the, the writer and director's first film, It Follows. Yep. I think it's a really, really great film. And so I was just excited to be a part of a part of Under the Silver Lake, which is his follow-up. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's not much out. It's a, it's a noir. It's it's dark. <laughs> it's <laughs> it, it, for people who don't know, it stars Andrew Garfield and, yeah. and Topher Grace. Yeah, and it, great I, cast. Yeah, yeah, a great cast. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just very anytime yeah. you hear names. Yeah, but then you're probably like, oh my goodness, I want to know more. Yeah, oh no, it's really interesting, and I, I I play something that I never in a million years would have thought I'd ever play. Which which I really like. Which are you able to say what that? I play a model, which to me is just okay. <laughs> crazy because I don't <laughs> think of myself that way. So yeah, no. And I had a scene with Andrew Garfield, and that was nice. always sort of like you know. I mean, he's such a great actor. Yeah. he's so talented. Do you pick things up when you with people that you're working with, no matter who it is? I'm like, oh, I could try this. I oh could try this. yeah, you always have to be learning. I mean, he's somebody that I've respected for so many years. I think mm -hmm. he's just so talented. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I always observe everybody and their process. You, you never know what you can learn and from who, I mean, it would mm -hmm. just surprise you. You learn from people's mistakes as oh, well. Yeah. So hundred percent, hundred percent. Well, that's the serious part of the interview. And again, we always have this fun <laughs> segment at the end Nice. because everyone always <clears throat> has these questions and it's like, Oh, well, we'll just you know, yeah. have a little fun. So okay. this, this segment is queen for a day. Obviously we got queen Margot. Or Queen Bambi, yeah. maybe. Maybe that one will stick. We'll see. So we'll get some music going on here. And we got uh, about four or five questions here. Okay. So obviously you deal with magic. Queen yes. Margot, what would you wish for? You got one wish. What do you wish for? What would Queen Margot wish for? Oh, well, Queen Margot or you. I, I mean, Queen free... Margot would wish for like free blowouts and fillery or something. <laughs> like. And I think I would as well. <laughs> no, but honestly, I think people always ask me like, what if you had magic, what would you do? And I think literacy, the gift mm. of literacy um, gl globally, I think mm. is what I, I would want yeah, yeah. to accomplish with a wish. Awesome, yeah. awesome. You're queen for a day. What's your schedule like for the day? Is it relaxation? Are you getting yeah. things brought to you, handed to you? Is this, this the lap of luxury? Are you trying to yeah. act change? What's your queen for a day schedule? 
I mean, I don't know. I mean, the good responses I would change, you know, affect <laughs> all of these peace. positive changes. Yeah, but honestly, probably just a day at Burke Williams. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. If you, if you could change, maybe this is just the year literacy. If you could change one thing in the world, what would it be? Literacy. Literacy. I, I think that's that's a real frontier. and mm-hmm. A huge, um, it informs, you know, a lot of poverty and... Mm-hmm. And dis- economic disparity, and I yeah. think that you know, if the world's population who couldn't read could read, it would it would change a lot. Yeah, you yeah. are married, but for Queen Margot, who would be Queen Margot's Prince Charming? Do you think if there's a, is there someone in the world that you think oh, I could see Queen Margot being with this person? Honestly, Elliot on El- the magician. <laughs> I think if Elliot could just come around to her and love her and find, <laughs> and find her to be enough. Sexually, she would be very happy. <laughs> there we go. That's yeah. it. That is the premiere yeah. of season two of I Could Never Be. And again, <laughs> season three of The Magicians every Wednesday at nine mm-hmm. on Sci Fi. It is such a great show. And again, so much going on this season of how will they get that magic back? So much. And if you would like to follow Summer off the interview and off the TV show on Instagram at Summary Bischel, on Twitter at Summer Bischel One, you can follow me on Twitter on Instagram at The Only MC. Guys, we do this every single Monday. We are here again to inspire, to motivate. We want to be able to help you live your best life. So feel free, tell a friend, be able to help inspire and encourage them. Take the lessons that you guys learned here today into your regular lives. We'll see you next week. <laughs>